Welcome back to Basic Binges, everyone. Um, it is Friday, and you know what that means. That means we are here to talk about She-Hulk, uh, episode seven. Recap it for you guys, break it down for you guys, uh, talk all the fun stuff, the Easter eggs, all the good stuff. Um, I'm your host, Mike Manalo, as always. Um, you know, here to here with two amazing guests. Um, you know, uh, first off, I, I would like to apologize for the slight tardiness today. Today's show is brought to you by LA Traffic. Uh, when you're trying to go somewhere and get there on time so you can start a podcast just exactly at eight, uh, LA Ouch. traffic is just there to screw you over. Yeah. So thank you guys for your patience and uh, hopefully uh, the show will be worth it. It won't be. No, I'm kidding. Um, it, it'll be totally fine. Come on. No, Sorry, I that's like my, my favorite tweet I've probably ever seen and I think about it once a week was it said how can I make traffic in Hollywood even more fucked up the man who decided where to put the Hollywood bowl probably <laughs> no it's no truer words have ever been spoken honestly on the I, I think about that like once a week <laughs> you, you guys don't re- you guys don't reveal that you know LA is not a real place and that traffic is just a state of mind man you got to just kind of vibe into the traffic you know it's uh, you know, you just get you got to lay back and let the traffic happen to you. you I know? like the way. Yeah, you think, I, I do let the traffic happen to me. Yeah. And unfortunately, the traffic wasn't happening to my boss. Yeah. Uh, or or me tonight, unfortunately. But I, I but love your mindset, Carolyn. I think I should adopt that going forward. And because uh, traffic, get... traffic, Mike, is a lesson. Yeah, that you need to learn. Oh, yeah, it's a lesson yes. that too many people have Tesla's. That is actually incredibly accurate, <laughs> indeed. Uh, by the way, um, I, I'm a terrible host. I need to get into intros. Uh, Beth, uh, please introduce yourself to everyone who's watching. <laughs> uh, hi, uh, my name is Beth, or B, and um, I really like comics, and uh, I watch things on TV. I don't know, guys, I'm nobody, but this is cool, and I'm here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You are not nobody. Look at that green lighting, everyone. That is not the lighting from someone who's a nobody. That is lighting from someone this who's ready to talk about someone, This is the lighting of someone who um, the only thing I asked for in my divorce was I said, I'm taking half the tea lights. <laughs> I, you know what? I They're think expensive, dude. <laughs> yeah, you won that. That's totally, that's that's a win right there. Um, that's that's worth taking to court. Um, but it's great to have you on, on the show with us, Beth. Um, and of course, joining us again, um, the wonderful Carolyn Potting. How are you, Carolyn? Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, you know, just kind of sitting here, kind of uh, enjoying the, the briefly dipping temperatures in Southern California. It was almost a normal temperature, but I forgot we only have two seasons here, hot and extremely hot yeah it rose back up but other than that um yeah you know just really excited Rewatched the episode this afternoon uh actually caught up on andor very excited about that disney is just we're just knocking it out of the park as you know i'm just very proud you know of ourselves you should be and uh i see a little thing peeking off your t-shirt there can you show us what's on that can you what you're rocking right now Oh, my Daredevil? I mean, oh, this? This little guy right here? Well, both of them, I guess. I was I was really alluding to Matt down there, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, this is, this, is, this is my watch buddy. This is Groot, who is, uh, you know, here to, to kind of take in the vibes, you know, yeah. find the lessons that he needs to learn, because that was the, the big thing is, you know, every problem that is presented is a lesson. That is, that is 
Very, very true. And Yoshi. Things, and oh, and That's he's like contribute. Too. I actually do. But, um, yes, I love it. Um, and and Carolyn, uh, totally on brand. Love, love that you said that because we heard those exact words um, earlier. You know, in this episode as well. So. Um, we that that's a sign that we need to get into it um shout out of what of, of course to one of our usual guests on the show michael lee who's on the chat right now saying that the lighting is on point for you beth i absolutely agree thank you michael thank you. and for the rest of you guys watching um at home uh just remember you can redeem your non-talk bucks because we are now officially uh certified to do this um you can redeem your non-talk bucks for actions like having us talk in third person or hydrating um if you guys uh want us to take a sip of water or something so uh you know if you want to actively participate in in the chat and make us do crazy fun stuff uh by all means uh our show is your show um but let's get into it uh let's get into the show um episode seven first initial thoughts i mean for me personally i really enjoyed this one because i think this is the first episode in a while where we start to dive really heavily into jen as a character as her you know um her insecurities a lot more we get a lot further in that storyline and for me i think there's there's a lot here that gets resolved albeit in a very funny way um you know and and with some eccentric characters uh but i i really liked it for those purposes it's a very jen uh, character-driven, uh, very momentum-heavy episode, which I love um, because we needed that momentum. Um, I would love to kick it to you guys to see what you think. Uh, Carolyn, I'll start with you. Uh, initial thoughts? I really enjoyed uh, this episode. There's some parts of it towards the end that I, I disagree with. I was reading an article on Nerdist that summed up some of my issues with it. They did something at the end. The, the, this series keeps uh, surprising me in regards to stuff that uh, th that Disney does because they they keep introducing things like the seven soulmates and uh, the things that are a little more mature and at the very end the thing that happened at the very end was um one of the scariest things that I think She-Hulk has ever done um weirdly for me but also I I really liked the well, I really like the, the healing and the concept of it. I definitely agree. You know, it was a very Jen-centric episode and we really start to see the psychological stuff. And I love that. I, I, do, I couldn't agree more. Um, Beth, what about you? Uh, what's your take? Um, I did really like the episode. I think personally, I felt like it suffered from what I think a couple of the Disney Plus shows have suffered from recently and what I refer to as a very middle episode mm -hmm. um, in that it, it's, yes, we, we got all of that momentum that we needed, but the point is like, we needed it. So now this episode in some ways kind of feels like it exists just to fill out this exposition that we've been hinting at all season, but not really getting to, you know, like all of the, all of this stuff she went through, it's so great. And I'm glad that we got to say it, but it's like, we spent six episodes waiting for her to just be literal about something that they've already been driving home. So I would have liked to see a little bit more of the A plot in this, but I do think it was a good episode. I think it was a solid episode. I think it was, it was a bottle episode. It was a very middle episode. And mm -hmm. those are never my favorite, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily, that's not that. So it's like, that's a me thing. It's like, those are never my favorite episodes, yeah. but the episode still did a lot. Oh, yeah. did, 
Do you think it's an improvement bath over at least last week's episode, which felt to me like really filler? The wedding episode was just absolute filler for me, but I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts. It, I, I think it, I agree that it felt very fillery. However, having now watched this one and knowing that that one is set up kind of changes the way I see it. A little bit. It's almost like, you know, she finally got to spend one whole episode as Jen for the most part and now has to come back to reconciling. Oh, I excuse me, ma'am. Absolutely not. There's a very small cat here that likes to try and touch things. She knows she's not supposed to touch when she knows I'm not paying attention to her. Anyway, <laughs> the true star of the show, by the way. Um, oh, shrimp. Yeah. Shrimp is always the star of the shrimp. show. And don't worry. She'll let you Aww. know. We, we yeah. love you, shrimp. Shrimp, what are your thoughts on the episode? No, I'm kidding. Um, go well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she actually what answered. Else? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We, we um, love that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I too was a little frustrated by the episode last week because it just felt very slow and it just felt very filler. But now seeing it in conjunction with this episode, like I'm a little kinder to it. <laughs> Fair. That's actually a really good point. I mean, you wouldn't be able to get the Josh plot line, you know, that they that, that they set up here or at least that they continue or, or pay off here if you didn't have that set up in the previous episode. Um, yeah, like Josh. The heart- yeah, yeah, like the heartbreak wouldn't be as poignant and the catharsis wouldn't be as, you know, important if you didn't actually like genuinely like this guy at first and you kind of mm-hmm. had to be able to spend time with him to get that emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. I think to me, it, it this is kind of the closest that I feel like the show has ever gotten to Buffy sort of territory in terms of concept. Um, when you think about like um, one of the, you know, the, the fourth season of Buffy, when she goes to college and she meets Parker for the first time, she's getting over Angel. Um, you know, Buffy was always this metaphor about growing up, about people, you know, real life challenges, the challenges of real life, but you're just, you have to balance out being a superhero and, uh, you know, a regular person with real feelings and everything like that. And what I loved about this episode, I think, was, um, you know, Buffy had an episode where she met a guy named Parker. He hit it and quit it. And that was like the first time that she had ever, you know, experienced something like that. And you could be this superhero with these amazing powers that can accomplish everything in this world. You can be like the strongest female protagonist in the world. But at the end of the day, you still have feelings. And when people do that, when people just use you and screw you, you know, over, um, it, uh, it, it, that doesn't mean that the, the pain isn't there. You know, that doesn't mean that you, you that vulnerability isn't there. And I, I love that. I think this is the first time that, you know, we've we've been alluding to this all season, I think, because Jen's been wrestling with the two aspects of her life, the She-Hulk aspect where she's popular and everybody loves her and everything like that. And then she's just Jen um, as the second part. part. Um, so she literally so have- refers to her as a di- like in the third person when she yeah. talks mm-hmm. about She-Hulk, she doesn't say me. It's yeah. Wild. And and even her description later in this episode, where she's talking about the popular girl at school that you always wanted to be, um, she kind of sees that aspect of her personality, the She-Hulk aspect, as that separate person. Um, so so I, I do love that we're getting that very what's the word, that very human aspect 
the character in this episode. Um, but to your point, yeah, I think if they spent a little bit more time on the A plot line, um, this, this is your point, Beth. Um, I think that that would have been, it, it would have been even better. Yeah. yeah, I felt like at the end they wanted it to be a cliffhanger, but instead it was just confusing. Yeah, oh. I could definitely yeah. see that. I could oh. definitely see that. Although uh, I kind of loved it, uh, just upon rewatch, um, the vampire guy. You guys remember what his name was? Saracen. Saracen. Wait, yes. So Saracen. in the comics, there's two yeah. different Saracens, and they both are like nobody. So that's very fun. Right. There you go. And and Saracen says, unless he wants her blood, <laughs> midway through the episode, where like, she's I like, I swear to God, he's in this episode just because somebody thought that line was funny. Because like as a comics character, he's he's no one. Like there's no reason for him to be there. That like, that Aguilar is actually is a little bit of a character, as is Manbull. Yeah, um, like, and Wrecker too. More known. Yeah, yeah. but like <laughs> Saracen, Saracen's nobody complete. cares about. I think he's just there because it's funny. I, and I, I love that for him. Me too. I, I loved how obscure they got with some of these, you know, D-list villains that exist in the Marvel universe, just the comics universe. Porcupine. We never thought we'd ever see Porcupine in live yeah. action. Um, and we never, I mean, El Aguilar, yeah, uh, we, we figured maybe he might come up. Wrecker, for sure. The Wrecking Crew in general, I oh, feel yeah. like has always had big, big roles in the Marvel Universe. Um, certainly when it came to uh, the original Civil War storyline and everything like that. Um, and then, um, you know, Man Bull has turned up here and there. Really, really kind of like a C-list character, but here and there, you know, you'd see him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Saracen, I didn't even know. Like, yeah, and I, he's I, nobody. Yeah, he's nobody. Um, he's like a one-off he bad guy for Blade once, maybe, and then like <laughs> maybe he's in like a zombie AU or something. He's like he's absolutely no one. Is he? But is he, he was... an actual vampire in the comics? Is he? Is yes. He actual... Oh my god, that that's that's a very interesting choice to introduce that right before the Werewolf by Night special, even if he's pretending yeah, to be yeah, yeah, and that's and. The same week that Blade gets not canceled but delayed. Yeah. Uh, mm. Poor Blade, by the way. Yeah. Um, we we hope for the best. We want Mar- we want a Mahershala Blade already. Um, but that I mean, being said, I love a good group of D-list heroes, though. Like for yeah. real, one of my favorite comics of all time is Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Yeah, so so yeah. good, dude. Terrific. Like, please Terrific. give me that. Give me just like ten. Give me ten issues of just the biggest idiots. Just fucking shit up and, and i loved them <laughs> and you know that the mcu has had such amazing success with d-list characters just look at the guardians of the galaxy guys i mean like they were no one before uh james gunn turned them into a household name you know um so yeah you know the greatest the greatest characters can come from you know the worst sources <laughs> um and i think saracen is the smartest of them because he figured <laughs> immediately he's after her blood and we're like hey, oh my god, god. Blood. um but yeah no i kind of loved how the the show started um this episode in particular um you know how it started because it really starts out like a sweet rom-com um in a short amount of time there's just no. this cute montage uh that really gets you to to fall for josh in the same way 
that that uh, sh- you know uh, Jen does because the chemistry between them is, is sweet. The the romance between them is sweet. The buildup is sweet, and they do that very well actually in a span of what five minutes or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's and, real quick. This this episode. Yeah. Shout out to like the scoring of this episode. There were some really good needle drops that like really helped push a lot of the mood along. Absolutely, a hundred percent. The cinematography too, I think, for the opening shots and stuff was very reminiscent of like. It's very um, soft. And yeah, yeah. With the, the very soft Bridget Jones diary, that sort of thing. Yeah. Where you yeah. Focus on the yeah. female protagonist was fantastic. Yeah. You, the the little uh, text messages though, that that also felt very very rom commy where you saw like the words on it. That was that was not something I ever thought I'd see in an MCU picture. Yeah. Right. It's kind of funny. Well, they because- did that a little bit in Miss Marvel, but that was more aimed at teens. Yeah. yeah. The way they incorporated the texts into the world there was obsessed. Yes, yes. You know what I find ironic? Do you guys remember when Scarlett Johansson hosted Saturday Night Live a couple years back, right after Age of Ultron, they did a parody trailer for a Black Widow And it was a rom-com, right? Where she's like texting guy and everything. Yeah. Who would have thought that a couple of years later we're seeing that with She-Hulk instead of instead of Black Widow. Well, I mean, especially because in the in the thing in the commer- in the, the trailer for SNL or what they made, the this kid yeah. he got with Hulk. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. So um, weird sort of symmetry. Yes. I mean, yeah it, yeah, it really does take us on that roller coaster pretty quick. They they do a really good job with the montage storytelling there. You're right. They we did. fall in love with him in five minutes and then yeah. it immediately drops it, off it's shot it's shot really like an indie rom-com you know which i really liked um and and i thought that that was really well done because it, it, to your point beth i mean like um in that last episode we didn't get a whole lot of josh but we did get the intro at least enough to get us mm-hmm. to here and then we really we feel like we're cute. Gonna, yeah, yeah it's, it's a great meet cute you know um and then this ends up playing out like the second act of a rom-com where uh, you know, I mean, we're we're getting to understand their relationship and everything like that, um, and it doesn't in a very good way. Um, so that when Josh really just screws her over, and we we know what's going to happen. Sadly, um, we didn't want it to happen, but uh, the next morning happens. She texts him, and no response. And poor Jen is just you know kind of obsessing about it all day i i can't think of anything more relatable than yeah, those couple yeah. of those couple of hours that day and essentially after uh you know josh pretty much just starts ghosting her um what did you guys think about all of that i mean we we all love jen so i imagine that we're you know feeling it with her i the the that was the most relatable part of the episode for me where you're having a moment or you meet somebody or you're just sitting there and you text it and you want to keep texting. It's its own sort of modern anxiety that contributes to the, you know, as part of the age of social media, you're sitting there and you're like reading it and reading it. You're wondering, uh, did I do something wrong? Was it me? Did I say the wrong thing? Did I hurt her? Did I hurt them in some fashion? Did they discover some sort of deep, dark secret on the web? Did they discover my secret collection of crude animals? Did they discover something about this that, you know, I have absolutely no idea what they did and, um, and then you get that, inevitably you get that message and there's that sense of, ah, but you never, she never gets it. And that broke my heart. That absolutely broke my heart. But what she does get, I liked a lot. Can't wait to, I like that a lot. Yeah. Beth, what about you? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was another, it was, it was the other half of the montage. I thought it was equally well shot. I thought it was equally well scored, but my favorite part of it 
it was it was all I can't really say more about it being relatable than Carolyn already did because you did it was great yeah. Uh, yeah. but my favorite part of it is in the middle she is specifically for the record she is specifically watching the great muppet caper yeah. <laughs> which i know because i'm the only person on earth that loves the great muppet caper because it has my favorite muppet joke of all time in it and also peter Falk. <laughs> okay i gotta ask now uh what's the joke caper joke what which one it's that bears wear hats <laughs> And the whole premise of the movie is that Fozzie and Kermit are identical twins and nobody can tell them apart, except for when they're in the park, a little girl walks by and points at Kermit and screams, ah, daddy, look out, a bear. And he says, that's not a bear. Bears wear hats. <laughs> and I think about that fucking constantly. <laughs> <laughs> there there you go guys uh you know the wisdom I've, i was just oh my god you learn something new every day it's my favorite was... it's my favorite stupid muppet joke of all time <laughs> uh, you're not I the mean, only person who likes great muppet caper i just want to throw that out there that is probably that's the one of the better written i mean between the the, the muppet take manhattan great muppet caper and original muppets muppet Great Muppet Capers above Muppets Take Manhattan for me. Ah. Yeah. Mm. It is. It's it's a great movie, but then you do have to contend with the fact that it's really just two hours of Charles Grodin really wanting to fuck Miss Piggy. Well, you know. Yeah. He I, really sells it, my guy. It's a lot. Yes. <laughs> that, you know, I, I did not think about that at all while i watched great muppet caper but now i don't think i'll ever not congratulations i've given you this horrible curse <laughs> yeah now i'm i'm my my no <laughs> um no. yes speaking about You're people welcome. effing people over um back to josh and <laughs> she hulk but i i will say i think maybe those are the same reasons that jen watches you know a uh, great muppet caper is she probably relates to miss piggy and you know her bending the bars obviously was the scene. but i i did love that that was that was a great call out um and a, a terrific um easter egg for us um but yeah Poor thing, we do relate to her, but thankfully, uh, there's a, you know something to distract her, hulky sort of business, and she gets a call, um, you know, hearing that the abomination, Emil Blonsky's, um, you know, little device thingy that shows where when when he might turn into abomination or not, uh, has malfunctioned, and um, the parole officer, I I can't remember the the character's name. Um, but, uh, Blonsky's parole officer is like, Hey, uh, it's the weekend. No one's going to send backup for me. Can you come with me to the ranch so that I have a Hulk with me, uh, to fight off abomination in case he actually is, uh, you know, a, a hulking monster lizard person. Uh, so Jen agrees. Jen's in the car obsessing about, of course, the text messaging. Um, but uh, we got a brief glimpse of her listening to Hanson on the radio. Does anyone listen to that song in years other than Yes, Jen? it's a banger. Yes. And yes, you don't go through the 90s. You don't That's go through true. the 90s being born a female without having a deep abiding respect for Hanson. I can still to this day sing that song 
even if they're terrible people at this point, because I think I read somewhere. Are they, they really? Had, yeah, Hanson had something problem. I, I vivid. I think I'm almost positive they had something problematic going on. But that oh. song in particular was their only hit, and it was the definition of the '90s singular singular bop. Like I that knew was someone later in life that was like still a huge Hanson fan. This is like five years ago. It was like going to Hanson concerts. Like there mm. are still Hanson concerts. Really? Like that, went, yeah. Yeah. That's, went that's the real room, shocking part. They have like Hanson posters and like. They're all very much adults now, like yeah. in their 30s and 40s, but they're still like, yeah, it was, it was much yeah. more recent than one might think. Fair Big enough. Well, I, I mean. very confused just like Jen, apparently, which is terrific. Um, I can't believe that there's still Hanson fans out there. That's kind of funny. Um, but can we take it it back to the, the, the parole officer and then, and then all this time together, because one of the things that I love the most about this, this little corner of the MCU is that we get to see how people function in a world with super creatures so it's very like you know it's the weekend and this guy would hesitate if it was a major criminal but he has to bring like super powered backup Mm -hmm. and the super powered backup sings evan hansen and it really drives home how you know how you would kind of maneuver in this world and i just it made it so relatable but also really interesting like i want to know what what kind of backup would they bring would there be two cops would there be a cop with superpowers do they hire cops with superpowers do they hire psychological psych you know psychology experts with superpowers who would talk the guy down like what sort of procedures would there be in place or is the system so uneven that they would have to call in Jen. Like that this guy actually has an advantage in calling in Jen because maybe he's got war stories of like you know oh, my, my buddies went to go catch, you know, this guy who could turn into a vapor, this guy with claws. And we went to go catch this guy with these three big claws and he cut his way out of the thing and he hurt two of the guys. But now my backup is this seven foot tall green lady who sings Hanson on the way to the thing. And it, it's just, it's such a, like the guy, you could tell the guy would never call her unless she was a Hulk. Like, he let her know. Well, yes, of course. I mean, I think that's exactly why he does call her, though, right? Because he needs someone that yeah. could stand for the nomination. But, yeah. You, it's, it's an interesting difference because you would normally, yeah. like, he'd just let her know as his lawyer. And then, yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it was just interesting to me. Yeah, no, I, I think you actually bring up a really good point because. You know, in a, in a world of superheroes and supervillains, um, when you have the police there and everything like that, how do you how do the police really react and, and work with a character as powerful as the abomination if, if that character was to actually go on a rampage? I mean, I know that they they try and do their best. I know that the Avengers would totally support the police and everything like that. But, you know, um, they're, you know, otherwise really not equipped to handle such a character. But then again, you also have divisions like damage control, which I'm sure have gadgets and tools um, that, that could potentially work and police, um, you know, enhanced individuals. Um, so, so maybe that's what they do. Maybe they call in damage control. Maybe they call in other sectors of the government that would work with superhumans um, or, or potentially have the tools to stop superhumans. Um, yeah. I mean, I I, I got to imagine there's got to be contingency plans. Uh-oh, did we lose Carolyn? 
don't know. Maybe. Yeah. She seems. I think we might. I uh, think uh, Beth. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, Carolyn. I mean, I I do know that in, uh, in the MCU we're about i can hear myself kind of <laughs> catching up i think Hello? oh rats i think oh, carolyn i can hear you when your camera's off can you hear me hey yeah there okay we did it yay that's all right. Well, we were in the waiting room before the, the the other two of you got here. I dropped out because my internet just decided mm, maybe not. Just like live streaming, just completely telling me I needed to re-enter the password. Just like mm, no, <laughs> the password. Just like no. I think there might be a slight delay in Carolyn's uh, feed, but um, yeah, Carolyn, you good? Uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me now a little bit better with my, my, uh, thing off? We can. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll keep it off for a minute then and just be mysterious and cool. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Okay. Um, sorry, uh, Beth, did you want to? No, add? I was, I was just saying we're like 10 years in now and I, I think you're right. It's like, they definitely have some organizations. I think obviously the ratio of people who are super powered to people who are not super powered is skewed one way statistically but skewed the other way power dynamic wise so right. you know they have they have damage control they have shield they mm -hmm. have you know random superheroes they have avengers obviously apparently we now have mutants though you know we don't know how much those have actually been relevant to the mcu right until now maybe we just haven't seen them but they're around you know there's definitely organizations but like yeah it's it's what you were saying like yeah there's a ton more people it's it's the thing statistics to to power like right. two superheroes is going to be more powerful than like 200 people even though there's much more people so like yeah of how course. do you how do you deal with that and god this man was so relatable too just being like i it is ma'am it is a weekend and i am tired <laughs> and i do not get paid enough for this you have to come <laughs> for <with me>. real <laughs> no it's completely relatable and you know he's terrified obviously when he's yeah you know yeah messing with the the thing on his the ankle monitor on his uh you know ankle and he just he just wants to peace out immediately <laughs> you know and i don't blame him because yeah you know um blonsky if you see the footage it's scary he's scary yeah it was funny though because he did that he did a really the guy the actor did an incredible job of um really towing the line between uh, terrified but not just terrified, terrified in that way where like, it's because he doesn't trust a damn thing Blonsky's saying. Yeah. It's like, he's half terrified of Blonsky turning into the abomination and he's half just like, this guy is being so weird and I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he's I like half like... freaked out by his attitude and half freaked out by like the theoretical possibility of the abomination. And he just really does a great job of treading that line of being like, I'm terrified, but I'm going to do my job and you're being so weird right now. Goodbye. <laughs> right it's kind of got like a weird like cultish sort of feel to everything that yeah. i think is creepier than 
than he ever has been as, as just the abomination, you know? Yeah. It's, what, you know. Tim Roth's really, doing an incredible job though. He's, he's great. He's, he actually got yeah. me to really, really love him as, as time went on, you know, cause he's just so mellow and chill now. And it's just, it's so funny to watch. I don't know. Um, but yeah. What, what yeah. Really? Okay. Okay. See, we're talking about cult, we're talking about cult behavior and he is really mellow. But here's the thing. I'm going back and apart from the joke, and I think it was Iron Man 3 with uh, Bruce and Hulk, I I am drawing a blank. And I would love it if y'all would help me out here, if chat would help me out, or if anybody would help me out. I'm drawing a blank on actual mental health sessions with heroes or villains or anybody. Mm. Because I can't call Jessica Jones going to anything like beyond a meeting i know daredevil goes to see a priest but i'm talking like actual physic and and then uh bucky like the bucky bucky's the big one but you never see villains getting it and that to me was weirdly important because bucky gets it because bucky is, is a villain but he's also not a villain but he is a villain but he's also primarily not a villain at this point but you never see you, you don't really see the people who are in need of true redemption and true rede- redeeming qualities in uh you know re- reformator you know in groups that are like talking about this kind of stuff you don't see the people that really need it um, because there are a lot of people like Titania and a lot of other people who would have powers who would go out and would be like, you know, I'm going to use this to do crime. And one of the things that's always bugged me about comics, like I'll use DC, I'll jump to the other aisle and use DC briefly. Um, you know, you see DC, you see the DC characters going to Arkham, but they just kind of sit there. You know, this was nice because you got to see the villains, you get to see the villains talking to each other. It was in a funny way and it was played for laughs. And there's still some issues that I have with it. But it was nice to see, uh, psycho, you know, psychological redemption. It was nice to see that discussed. Granted, it was discussed in a cult setting mm-hmm. by a guy with seven soulmates uh, <laughs> who dressed like Jim Jones, which was a serious problem. Yeah. Uh, we have not seen the last of that. It was nice to see, but I'm also kind of like, is, is it though? Is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, no, first off, um, really good point there, Carolyn. Um, we don't see that a lot. We don't see supervillain rehabilitation all that much, apart, apart really from Bucky. Um, you know, and it's kind of interesting because we've got a whole movie coming out in the MCU that's about supervillains that they're going to use to do good things, you know. Um, and each of those, when the Thunderbolts were announced at D23, there was a hilarious comment where uh, Sebastian Stan or Kevin Feige, one of them, I forgot who, said, um, you know, when <laughs> when Bucky Barnes is the, the voice of reason amongst this group of rogues, then that, what does that say about the whole team, right? So you've got a couple of people there. You've got like Ghost. I have a crush who, on them all. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're I mean, speaking, you'll... speaking truth right there. You are speaking truth, my friend. Of course. But like Yelena, of course, we never would count as a villain. Definitely in need of at least a good group session, though. Um, she could use it after everything she's been through. Um, Red Guardian, of course, I guess. Um, also, you know, a villain that that I think would have, you know, we try to rehabilitate and to hero, I suppose. I definitely think that, you know, um, uh, John Walker definitely needs some sort of therapy, um, as well as Taskmaster for sure. Um, yeah. But but we're not going to see 
this rehabilitation process with each of them, as far as we know, maybe, maybe we might, but I doubt it. Um, because at the end of their respective movies that they've been introduced at, they're already kind of skewing towards positive, you know, and, and forward thinking, um, certainly with ghosts, certainly with, with a lot of these, mm-hmm. these characters. Um, so, MCU, so, MCU, yeah. oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying MCU and Marvel characters, in general and mcu and marvel villains get the Mm -hmm. same benefit that mcu and marvel heroes do in the grand scheme of if you're talking about superhero characters and if you're comparing marvel and dc in that dc characters are superheroes who happen to be people and marvel characters are people who happen to be superheroes but that also applies to the villains so Mm -hmm. like there are very few villains in the mcu other than like maybe Red Skull because like fuck the Nazis oh. like that are just purely doing something for the sake of evil almost all yeah. of them most almost no one thinks they're the villain in their own story you know like they, yeah. they well, do yeah. allow these people to be people there is one hero that I can absolutely think of that is in the interest of the rehabilitation for the villains and that is Peter Parker um, No Way Home is all about rehabilitating yeah. these tragic figures um not in the same way not in a group therapy sort of way although one could argue that the extended amount of time that they spend in the elevator and in um in stark's apartment um is is you know akin to rehabilitation but that whole movie is about setting things right and curing these people um which which i did love so i think that that's probably the only time in the mcu that we've seen anything similar to what we're seeing here but it's certainly a completely different situation, I would imagine, you know? You don't have, a, you don't have the Jim Jones cult leader aspect. I, to, it, take no. away my MCU card and take away my... my no, no, take away my, my, my campus pass because I completely forgot about No Way Home, despite the circumstances of it being such a pivotal healing movie, not just for Gen Z, but for all of us millennials who were like... Otto Octavius deserved better. Otto deserved better. And then we got it. And we're like, oh, I can pass on to the great beyond now because this happened. Um, but they, So I completely forgot about that. But in the Jim Jones cult aspect, you get a really interesting idea that like, is he is he doing this for the right? He's doing something that's clearly helping people because it helps Jen. Yeah. It does help Jen. Um, he's doing something that clearly helps people. Is he doing it for the right reasons? Very true. And I, mean, I, I would argue one mystery of the season, which I'm yeah, really dying to know if they're going to pay off. We only have two episodes left. So there's a lot of stuff to wrap up. <laughs> do we buy it? Do we buy this change of heart or do we not mm-hmm. buy this change of heart? And it, I will be honest. I mean, like if, if he ends up doing a complete heel turn and he's, he genuinely is a bad guy at the end of the season, I'd be very surprised because I I'm all on board with him being, um rehabilitated even if it's Mm -hmm. in this kind of goofy hippie sort of way you know i would um, be disappointed too yeah i mean even but his story about the chicken is sus (laughs) why do you say that (laughs) it's just such a it's such a weird it's it's the same reason that the parole officer is like wow this is a weird interaction because like it's such a specifically too too much sharing it's like he's sharing too much there's too many details which by the way seems to be an issue that everyone there has <laughs> yeah and even oversharing you know? yeah like why did you tell me all of this all at once right now when i didn't ask yeah. for it you know 
which I think is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, no, good, good point. Good point. So I think he's up to something, but I don't think it's probably evil. I would bet it's kind of stupid more than evil. <laughs> like it's going to be his big reveal and you're all going to be like, this was for that? You're, I mean, this is what you're, you're doing? Mind. It wouldn't. Yeah, like something like so boring and normal and weird that you're just like, what the fuck have we been doing? I mean, that it wouldn't be the first time the MCU did that. When we Mm -hmm. think about how Fury loses an eye, that definitely fits in that same category. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's we'll see if he if he stays good. I'd be pretty satisfied if he stays who he is. I'd be pretty satisfied if he does do a complete heel turn and it is something big, then I'd be pretty satisfied if it ends up doing a heel turn and something really stupid as you're kind of alluding to about, I'd be really disappointed. I'd be like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. But this is a show that's all about trolling, trolling people. And, and I kind of, Oh think man, um, that yeah. until it go oh. all the way and make him into Thunderbolts. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Carolyn. Well, no, I was just, when you said trolling, I was having flashbacks to that one part of the episode with, um, mm-hmm. with the trolling site. And mm-hmm. that hit, that that always hits. Those kind of sites are very real and very prevalent and very everywhere. And I they was are. just like, oh. They are. They definitely are trying, are, are staying pretty topical um, in terms of, you know, how, A, how the fan community reacts, but also how our world is today in terms of those types of sites really existing um, and, and really misleading people down these terrible rabbit holes that that ultimately are, are absolutely fictional. So um, we've got two messages from the chat. Um, hi, Spy Checking Pyro. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Spy Checking Pyro says, Professor Xavier has a pretty good track record of being a legit psychiatrist to villains who he turned sort of good. Absolutely. Um, If any, I mean, the man says it himself, it's become something of a mantra just because somebody loses their path and stumbles doesn't mean that they can't find their way back, which is amazing um, and and really good point. And then um, our friend, Michael J. Lee, um, all the time they spent in Dr. Strange's basement was a mini rehabilitation circle. Absolutely true. Um, when, when you think about it, it's just a more expensive, more special effects driven, uh, sur- you know, group therapy session. So yeah, but these yeah. are, these guys, these guys in the group therapy session with, with Blonsky are like the D list henchmen villains. Like, Otto Octavius has a fan base and the yeah. lizard, while he doesn't have a fan base, they spent a lot of money on the lizard and all oh, these yeah. other guys have like art and stuff. I want to see where henchmen A, B and C, She-Hulk has made its bread and butter, has built itself on the idea that this is the ground level of the MCU. You're going to have people in the ground level of the MCU who aren't the Avengers, who are people like us, who are just sitting there. And if one of us suddenly develops superpowers and decides to use them for evil, where is that person? If that person gets arrested, what's gonna happen to that particular person? I'm not a member of the Avongers or the Avengers. So it's like, that's that's what I wanted to see. And it's, so I agree. I, I, I agree that I, am being, I was being too short-sighted. I still think that this is a rare moment. It is. No, you're I don't know where they came from. Mm-hmm. Like that's did he put out an ad? Where did these <laughs> like when we last saw him, he was going up to live on his compound with his wives. Yeah. Where did it become a retreat for supervillains come in? Where did these people come from? 
My guess is honestly, I mean, when you think about- <laughs> you put an prison, ad on Craigslist? Pro- probably prison in the raft, I'm guessing. You know, maybe you have these people, because they are enhanced individuals, right? I mean, yeah. they, are, they do have powers. El Aguilar, our second mutant to appear in a, in, in a Disney Plus show, technically. Um, I guess, is Man Bull a mutant or is he an experimentation? I think no, he's an he's experimentation, right? Yeah. So, um, but El Aguilar is a mutant with bioelectricity for sure. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, I would imagine that people like that enhanced individuals would have to go to the raft or would have to go to the same damage control center that Blonsky would be at. So if Blonsky's about to get out and get paroled, he'd probably put an ad out there to, to his, his buddies in the joint, you know, uh, come, come fix yourself to my retreat, you know, we'll take care of you since you're my buddy and everything like that. I mean, I could see them all being in the same, the same joint, you know, I guess. Maybe. It just feels so convenient and sudden. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which kind of, it's it's also very sus, right? I mean, like, all yeah. of a sudden, got these villains all in the same place that are But, kind like, of... I don't think they're bad, which is why I'm like, is the reveal just gonna be something dumb, or is there nothing? And he's just exactly at face value, and Marvel, as the writers on the whole, are trolling us into wanting there to be something where there isn't. Sometimes <laughs> the dude is just a dude. <laughs> yep we're still waiting on that Mephesto reveal from WandaVision so you know I mean there I never you go thought that was happening <laughs> <laughs> um I, I think speaking of trolling Michael also wrote I love that there's still no Daredevil yes um oh, that's, there's Daredevil right there that's Daredevil yeah. this is the closest we've seen to Daredevil and She-Hulk uh <laughs> well this in the helmet um but but yeah that's still a trolling thing I'm I'm still disappointed. I want to see, but I, it's just because I want to see Matt Murdock so badly. I think everyone else does too. But it is She-Hulk show, as I said in the last show. Um, this is this absolutely needs to be her show. Do you think mm-hmm. we're going to see him first as Matt or as Daredevil? Uh, Do you think Jen knows Matt. I don't think she knows Ooh. Matt. I think she knows Daredevil. I think she's going to have to know Daredevil, and that's it. But I don't know. But I mean, that's which way? Do you... No, because when they showed some clips at D twenty three, she definitely calls him Matt. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. I didn't catch that. Where, I did, saw, she I, to, where did she go to law school? I don't know off the top of my head. I think, but but just in general, oh. from having worked in the prosecutor's office, like I don't think it would have been wild for her to know yeah. Matt Murdock. That's very true. And for she Jen probably, Walters to know Matt Murdock, she probably does know him as Matt Murdock. I, you know what? I think you're. I think so he's it's like, going do to you be think it's, Matt Murdock. Yeah. I, I want to know which order, if they know each yeah. other already, what order yeah. we see them meet each other in. Does she see him as Matt? We know that. And then she later finds out. Or does she meet Daredevil first and then later realize? I don't know. It just, it changes the dynamic if she already knows Matt and what order they meet in. Of course. I think we're going to have to find out never because he's never coming to She-Hulk. We know that uh, at this point. No, I'm joking. Um, probably next episode, I'm guessing. That's the word on the I'd street. end. Is- end yeah. of next episode they're not gonna I, pay for two episodes of that i'd be very disappointed <laughs> if it's the end because we can't rush daredevil i mean you've got two episodes left use them you know um hopefully he, he appears in the next episode and in the final episode but we'll see i mean it would be kind of nice if this whole series kind of builds up to a big bass big bad boss fight with like the kingpin or something because um there hasn't been a whole lot of build-up uh, apart from really the wrecking crew and we finally got a little bit more development in this storyline this episode um so for it to just not pay off for them to just abandon it and to not have matt for two episodes i feel like that would be a waste of 
of all this buildup, you know? I guess, but the whole point of the show is that it's about She-Hulk. I don't well, care about Daredevil. It's cool that Daredevil is going to be there, but if you're only watching the show because you want to see Daredevil at the end, that's missing the point of the show. So, I agree with you. No, I agree with you, but no, there I, has to be a storyline with She-Hulk too. And we've had a couple of episodes where there hasn't been really much of a, a storyline or build up to any antagonist for She-Hulk. You know what I'm saying? Other I mean, than I guess, but they said straight up at the beginning and, and they've said throughout it that this isn't a superhero show. This is a lawyer show. This is a lawyer show. And this is a show that is about Jen Walters. But but again, it's it's a slow burn. It is the narrative. It's the narrative equivalent of what we're talking about in this episode. Of Mm -hmm. this this show is a lawyer show. And it was stated Mm -hmm. up top that this is a lawyer show because Jen still really sees herself at the end. And how much do you want to end bet that this ends with her saying this is a superhero show? Mm, I like that. That would be cool. yeah, she has to nice. come to terms with this other part of her, and this whole uh, this whole show has been about her realizing that it's no longer just a lawyer show. She's although no arguably, longer just a lawyer, which is what Bruce was telling her at the beginning. Although arguably, we haven't had much lawyering either. <laughs> but, um, but to her, okay. she's the lawyer. Yeah. She is. She she is. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a sitcom first. I get it. Um, you know whether or not you're that's what you were looking for in your mcu show or not that's what this is you know um so yeah uh michael also says bring back the shocker from homecoming yeah bakim woodbine's awesome he's he's a good actor he was underutilized in homecoming why not maybe maybe he'll be back soon maybe he'll be in the next group therapy session with blonsky yeah He's but in yeah. Superior Foes of Spider-Man. <clears throat> Sorry. Yes, he is. <laughs> I really want someone to make that. I want someone to make that. It would be amazing if they did. Um, I know that we're running a little low on time, so I think we'll have to skip a couple of scenes. But we we do get to, you know, the final payoff where Jen is is kind of, she sees the wrecker. She kind of, like, of course, understandably calls him out. Um, really, really on edge because of everything that he did. Admittedly, he is a villain. He, he and his boys, four of them, tried to attack a woman in the middle of the night. You know, I mean, that how much more villains can get. But, but he uh, lies about it. Yeah, <laughs> he does lie about it. Yeah. Um, and then to Carolyn's point, you know, I suppose he's there for for rehabilitation. And surprisingly enough, these these villains actually you know, are kind of team Jen, you know, they kind of talk about, you know, uh, give her dating advice, talk about forgetting Josh. They even threatened to go and take care of Josh because he, he screwed her over so badly, you know? Um, and, and it ends up being this, this kind of, I don't know, sweet rom-com, you know, quirky friend, situation um with all these villains and everything do we think that they're being legit do you think that they actually do care about jen and like jen for jen you know what's funny about this to me is that this is the moment like these people might seem goofy but these are dudes who are genuinely offering good advice who are genuinely solid characters who are you know they might seem quirky and weird they're not the heroes of this but they're still doing decent things this is exactly what a lot of men who want to watch She-Hulk and who have been complaining about how men are treated as only the bad guys. And it's like, no, these are guys who are doing good things. They're just not out there with a shield smashing into people, or they're not out there with metal powers bending things. These are guys who are being decent men, Mm -hmm. 
whatever the sus whatever the sus motives behind Blonsky's rehabilitation, because there is potential. I do see what Beth is saying. So th- these are being these are guys doing who are being decent men who are finally being represented. And I this is something I love. This is this is this was what I wanted. This is still what I want in its own way. I didn't want it with Jen. Like I wanted some of that, but I also would I, I would have maybe liked to have seen you know, and Nerdist made this point. So I'm not making a unique point here. Nerdist made this point and a couple of other sites pointed it out too. Women pointed this out. It would have been nice to see some women, maybe wives walk in and just kind of gives a thumbs up or something. It would have been nice to have seen like a, a more communal thing. And I get why they had it be a bunch of guys because it was like, you know, you're coming to terms with yourself and you're you know you're transitioning into this new this person who's like merging your sides um and i just wish i wish that they'd had more of like showing universal acceptance because we've seen men now we're seeing men accept she hulk it's like we could have had men and women and from a storytelling perspective and a pacing perspective that might have saved us some time because while we have a couple of people who are close to her doing that we don't have like a general, oh, you know, you are valid as who you are. You know what I mean? Mm. I hope that's some sort of sense. It does. Um, no, fair points, Carolyn. Um, Beth, any thoughts on that? Um, I think in terms of uh, the the guys themselves, both things can be true and that I think they do genuinely like her. I think she's genuinely likable. I do think that they don't all have the correct motives because like I said, Wrecker, he lies to her. He lies to her in his apology. Yeah. He says, you know, I found this thing and I felt like it'd make me a strong man. He literally, they tried to stop her. She knows this. Yeah. And we all just kind of skim past it. But like, like if he was really truly apologizing, you wouldn't be lying about it. So like, (laughs) that's part of what makes my red flags go up. Um, And yeah, it is kind of, I guess it's just kind of on the nose to have it all be men because she's explicitly complaining about the response that she is getting from men to her. Like mm-hmm. in a as much as as much as she means it the metaphor is meant to be a larger metaphor, you know, they don't say anything to her that um her assistant hasn't i forget her assistant's name because i can only think of the nikki. actor's name nikki nikki thank yep. you i'm like it's not ginger that's the actor's name um, <laughs> uh nikki like it's she they, they don't say anything to her that nikki hasn't been saying to her but she doesn't want to hear it from nikki because she's not looking for that she's looking for sexual acceptance and acceptance from the other sex and romantic acceptance so in her head she needs this approval of these men even if it's not the right way to be getting that approval or the right people to be getting it from like i think we've all had that instinct in our lives like when we're just so desperate romantically that you just want the approval of some totem of the thing that you're trying to prove yourself to it's so true actually um and incredibly relatable too um but yeah i agree um any other thoughts on that yes okay um, we definitely have to touch upon the last couple of minutes of this show, the cliffhanger, as it were, um, and the reveal that Josh, of course, is working for whoever wants her blood, managed to steal it, and actually, you know, uh, got away with it and everything. Thoughts about where this is going to go? I mean, I, I know that we've kind of talked about it, we kind of touched upon it, but 
would just love uh, everyone's hopes for the next episode and where you guys, what you guys felt when you saw all this happen. <laughs> Two things. Is there a character in the, um, in the, in, in Marvel that's like a teenage Hulk or like a teenage yes. version of Hulk? I know Hulk Amadeus is son. Amadeus and Okay. There's Amadeus Cho and there's also Hulkling, but he's actually a scroll. That's true. See, yeah. That's he's half that was me because yeah. when it said Hulking, it said Hulk King, like Hulking, mm-hmm. and then it had the stuff. Given the pace of the story, given the locations that they've been going to, my initial thought was that all of the stuff involving oh, it's you know uh, Kingpin or oh, it's this or oh, it's that is all a red herring, all a red herring, and it's mm-hmm. some incel, some wannabe dude. Who just wants that? Who has like all the money? Like some, some like you know, oh, I mean, or whatever. Oh, I, yeah, it's definitely That's that guy that was like, I'm the, I'm the client, I'm the firm's biggest client. Like it's obviously him. <laughs> yeah, That's Which very. He absolutely has that energy. You're right. Yeah, yeah, somebody, somebody who because everybody thinks that it's going to be like Kingpin or that it's going to be somebody else. If we're going by the this theme of redemption and everything else, I would like to see the series end. We find out that it's some weird wannabe incel man. We find out we're going to call him this mysterious figure, uh, MCU Musk. We're going to call him MCU Musk. MCU Musk has that incel esque energy, and he's hired them to give him this serum. That he can make it and he can make himself into a Hulk so he can feel like a man. And for some reason, in doing so, he's cheesed off Kingpin mm. or cheesed off Daredevil. So this guy doesn't get what he wants and he gets the snot beat out of him by Kingpin or by Daredevil and She Hulk. And because that just seems to be where stuff like that would be going i still think it's the same guy who gave because i said this on the last episode i was on i still think it's the same guy who gave titania her powers or however she got her powers it's probably the same yeah. person oh, so okay, means it's like, it's in, in the comics it's dr doom <laughs> in the comics, well, that's not that's not, that's, not no MCU that's that's a i know like, and i just feel like that's too big for her yeah, there, there's no way they're gonna. I mean, yeah. well, she is. She has been a Fantastic Four member in the past, so a lot of people are thinking about ways that this could tie into Fantastic Four, and yeah, that that's a way. But I don't think that they're there yet. I don't think you know Marvel's going to announce anything about the Fantastic Four at the end of She Hulk or anything like that. So, no. I, the I, second I, thing. Yeah. yeah. The second thing, and this one I do want to pull you guys on because I think it's really important. Do you think once she aligns the two halves of herself that she will be able to change back? Or do you think that she'll yeah. be Jin as she hopes? Well, I, I don't. She'll be I able mean, to change back, yeah. Yeah, I think she definitely will because um, all things considered, she doesn't have the same problem that Bruce has. She can control this. So she's always Jen, regardless of whether she's She-Hulk or not. It's more of an emotional thing than it is uh, a psychological thing and like it is with Bruce. So I feel like, you know, she's just got to be confident in herself as Jen, just as much as she is in She-Hulk, as, as she is a She-Hulk, you know? That's also, the by the time she gets poisoned with his blood, he's already done so many modifications to himself to get to where he is. You know, she's not necessarily starting from the same genetic zero he did either. Yeah, that's very oh. true. 
I got- also, it's it's like pretty core to her character that she can switch back and forth. And at a certain point, a lot of the time she chooses to live as She-Hulk all the time, but like mm-hmm. never other than in like storylines where like it's about that, like never on earth has this been a problem for Jen Walters, like in any version of Marvel. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the it would, just, it would be such it would just be like such a huge swing for them to make. I feel like you know, absolutely. Okay. Uh, we have we have two comments from um, Spy Checking Pyro. He called he called She Hulk an interesting specimen. That's big, yeah. And then I still think that there's more power brokers out there other than Sharon Carter. Also, a very good possibility. Uh, Spy Checking Pyro, um, Beth, you were you were pointing a little yeah well that's what i'm saying that's the guy that i'm like they're so clearly telegraphing that it's supposed to be that guy the guy who came to the went on the date with her and then came to the law firm and also that 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 actor is like an actor like when he came on i was like oh this guy's important because i recognize him yeah you know so he's he is something um he's probably to your your point of saying like oh is there a, a teen hulk um one answer that we didn't give is that it could be yes but we don't know because he spent all that time uh stuck as hulk on the like fighting planet Mm -hmm. and doesn't really remember what happened and in the Mm -hmm. comics he does have a son um Mm -hmm. yeah from war world from war world um i don't remember the guy's name but like so yeah that could be a possibility but again i'm then interested to see how they would incorporate that like it would it be this guy and this guy can change but then why would he need the blood you know the blood has to be yeah. for something which i'm yeah. also curious to see and it feels like you're right like they're they're so heavily telegraphing this guy that i'm like it must be him that like maybe it's not like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it well. has to be the way that they're telegraph the way they're telegraphing it, it has to be somebody who fits the overarching theme of the movie which is that he's he's got to be a troll he's an online internet troll he's mcu musk he's an online internet troll he's somebody who wants this or he's like a an internet troll that is a like a because you when you said specimen and you put or when that that gentleman on the chat said specimen, i said yep uh leader if it's the leader if they're bringing leader possibility and they just announced tim blake nelson coming in too so very possible that this is this is his entrance re-entry into the mcu and very possible this could lead into captain america new world order so which he's confirmed wild speculation that is yes, def- almost definitely not going to be true but would be really sure. satisfying if it were sure uh if the reason that abomination is sus is that actually this was his plan this whole time and this other guy that we're all so sure must be this incel guy is just an asshole <laughs> and then that ties my other theory together of being something and else i'd be very sad <laughs> he's trying to fix himself that abomination was bad and wrong but now you know her hulk dna shows yep. that you know there is a way that maybe he could be more normal as abomination haha i'd 100 percent be on board with that um right? it would be really satisfying and that's why they won't do it <laughs> agreed we are unfortunately out of time, folks. I know that we could talk about She-Hulk all day, and we thank you guys for absolutely sticking with us um, every single time, um, every single show, and, and all throughout every episode. Um, we love you guys. Thank you guys so much for, for sending in your comments and stuff. Um, Beth, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at, at bscores, which uh, with an underscore at the end, I think it's on the screen. Um, I have another screen here. I'm pointing out like people can see that. Um, yeah, 
that's it. That, I'm there. That's all I do. It's mostly photos of my cats. Like, I don't know. They're good cats, though. There's another one we, as well as shrimp. <laughs> we do love shrimp and we'd love to see more photos of your other cat as well. Um, thank you so much, Beth. Um, Carolyn, where, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Carolyn, my name, uh, first name in fandom with a capital F. Um, you can also find, you, that's mostly me tweeting about uh, shows, indie video games, um, waiting for Werewolf by Night. That's that's my guy. I'm so ready for Werewolf by Night. I'm so ready for more horror in the MCU. It's not even funny. Everybody says it's a knockout of the park. Um just 150% about that. And failing that, you could probably find me on Avengers Campus doing Avengers Campusy things, you know, because that's what I do. Awesome. And as always, I've been your host, Mike Manalo. Um, you can find me at TalibleBoy182 on Twitter and Instagram, but always my work is on the nerdsofcolor.org, whattowatch.com, and that's at LA. Um, from all of us to all of you guys, thank you so much for an amazing show. And thank you, Beth, and thank you, Carolyn. And thank you, as always, to our producer, Stephanie. Um, we love you guys. Two more episodes to go, guys. We'll see you Woo! soon.